0: Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies, we feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Joining me on the epi- on the podcast today, I have Vivek Nanda. He is the VP of Marketing at Hereto, and he is back for round two. And correct me, Vivek, if I pronounce the name of your company right. Is that how you say that?
1: Yes, it is Hereto. Uh,
0: Hereto. Okay, perfect. Yep. Yeah, well, Vivek is here joining me on what we're calling the reunion tour. Um, Vivek was on episode 122 which was a lot of fun to chat with him there. Um, And we're back uh, to kick off episode number two with him, having him back as a guest. So thanks again, man. This is fun.
1: Thanks for having me, Sam. And I'm excited about the reunion tour. I I really like the name itself. And it sounds uh, almost makes me feel like I'm I'm part of a band and I'm rejoined. <laughs> uh, so it's a great feeling. So I'm excited. And of course, uh, since then, we've built a friendship. I know you better. And I'm always excited to excited with all the work you're doing in your life and your podcast guests have been really excellent too. So I'm, I'm privileged, honored, second time to be here. Thank you. Yeah,
0: well, I, I appreciate it. Um, to kick things off, I don't, I don't remember what I asked last time. Um, but this time, the, the opening question I have for you is if you were to sit down tonight, um, you and the family, and you could choose between watching your favorite TV show or your favorite movie, what direction would you go?
1: Yeah, I think I would go for a TV show more than a movie because it's uh, we have a toddler, you know. We have a limited spend, <laughs> so <laughs> so we have to live by that. But uh, we are more of uh, I say uh, living in like I, I and my family we just love watching TV shows in different varieties. These days we are on this spree of watching more thrillers, so picking up some old shows, so, mm-hmm. you know, murder mysteries, and but based on real stories, so. i like
0: it i am i am in the tv the tv show camp too so it's fun to hear someone that is like me at that so that's awesome
1: (laughs) i did not know that well that's cool i'll check that out
0: too yeah um so today we have a really cool uh topic which is how to turn your marketing team into a media company uh i i love that and i'm excited to dive in um so the first question I have for you is you guys shifted your content strategy to be more like a media company. Um, can you share like what the reasoning was behind that first and foremost?
1: Yeah. So for us, it was a sort of like a move we are doing to distinguish ourselves in the market space. That's how it initially started. So we were actually thinking of launching a new uh you know a webinar series but i was very much against saying that it's just a webinar so i said like well we have to position now webinars not just webinars because everybody was doing webinar it's early 2020 i'm talking about and uh, so we decided that we will position our uh, show as a talk show and we the name of the show was coffee and Tin. we are a content based enterprise content based software and um, and we wanted to position it as like a talk show and we wanted to make sure that we produce consistent episodic content so we said that we would do it like every second week launch the episode and uh, not make it just like any boring webinar so that's how it started once we launched it and we pretty quickly realized that uh it was it was helping us build a lot of audience faster and uh we we also saw uh the, the show itself became popular Pretty quickly, we do it through one of our partners, influencer in the space, and we hosted on Bright Talk. And uh, Bright Talk is like almost like a B two B YouTube. You can generate leads from there, opt in leads. Mm-hmm. So what happened was uh, we uh, his channel actually started going up in ranking there because of uh, all the content he was doing, and that helped us also to get more name out. And so basically, we stuck this non boring format not webinar, uh, episodic content, and with a distribution channel, which can give us opt-in leads. So this was like a perfect you know, mix you want, right? Like not just
2: mm-hmm.
1: hitting all those things together. So that was the light bulb moment for us. And since then we realized that, you know what? The best way to look at content at this moment is to look at like a media company because media companies do a really good job in building audiences. Whereas the SaaS or B2B companies, we are really good at monetizing, right? We'll have 100 people, we'll try to get them and convert and get a six figure contract. So I thought that right at the intersection of these two things is the perfect combination for the marketing strategy. Like, if we can make our content strategy media first, so we can take the good stuff out of the media businesses, which is building audiences, and take the good stuff from the SaaS businesses, then we can monetize it. And then we create something special. So that's how we started going into this. Like we created different shows, looking at the funnel, what fits top of the funnel, what fits middle of the funnel, what's the bottom of the funnel. It did not happen altogether. It was sequential because we are a very small, four people team and, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was of course a step-by-step, but also pandemic helped because pandemic mm-hmm. just switched the gear into video, like we saw, like everybody, moved into video formats and, and we are living in the TikTok world, right? So <laughs> video and everybody wants video shot formats. So that's kind of we sh- uh, shifted our gears toward it. So that was the evolution. That's when we decided to build and to move into this.
0: Mm-hmm. If you had to, 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 to like say one or the other, what do you think would be more important focusing on the content you're creating or how much effort you put into distributing it?
1: Yeah, so I almost... I feel like, I I think there's like three parts to it. One is you have to almost think first about not just like building any show, right? Like where it fits in your, Mm -hmm. really in the entire funnel. So strategy is the first thing. Like, what is this show for? Who's the target audience? Where it fits in your funnel? Like what audience you're catering? Is it like just thought leadership or is it just going to be about your product with your customers? And that's completely different show. Right, so that is number one. Number two is the medium you're picking. Now you can pick several mediums. You have, you can go for podcasts, You can go for uh, 20 minutes quick web chat like we are having, mm-hmm. and we can convert into mm-hmm. numerous formats. Or we can all together decide into asynchronous recordings where we can send people. Like uh, we use a tool called Vocal Video, and uh, what we were able to do with that tool was, by the way. Uh, generate asynchronous videos. So we can send someone a question, they open mm-hmm. on their device, they answer it, the video comes back, we so, can edit it and turn into video content for that's like cool. every week, two minutes, thought leadership content from a yeah. series.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so you have to think through what works, the best format. You have to look through that. So second is the format. Third part is distribution. And distribution is based on uh, two things. One is the uh, the channels that everyone knows you distributed and the second thing to that is like to like leveraging partnerships right leveraging the influence of the guest leveraging the partner like the reason we partner with that uh, influencer what I was saying in our space because he had the channel on bright talk we didn't mm-hmm. in the beginning so we didn't invest in 2020 any money on bright talk but in 2021 <laughs> we bought the channel afterwards yeah. <laughs> so it's a concept did it? Now we built our channel. Now we build our channel, and that's how you have to think. So there are three pieces: strategy, uh, then your second piece is like formats. You have to pick the best, what fits you, and don't go into the perfection mode. Make sure you get the content out. And third thing is like the distribution. But together, all three, only then you can have a process and high velocity media marketing. That's kind of what you mm-hmm.
0: said. So you said it was it was strategy. What was the second strategy?
1: One? Strategy, the formats, what your format, format. formats you pick. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is really like the distribution side of it. How either through partners or <clears> your channels.
0: Yeah. Do you see many B2B companies getting hung up on one step in particular?
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact is, it's so funny that sometimes I would get this question like, oh my God, our team is doing so many podcasts, you know? And it's like, I don't know where the leads are coming from. And uh, and and you, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is the topic, right? Like everybody talks about this dark funnel or word of mouth, <laughs> yeah. and right, like and everybody and uh, the people who are not in marketing, they always feel like, what do we do other than that? It's great for brand awareness. And I always uh, like to best answer to this question is like, uh, why do we even like disassociate brand awareness from your demand gen? Like really Mm -hmm. your brand awareness is like also driving demand for you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you cannot
1: have one or another. They Mm -hmm. are all together. Right. So uh, a lot of time, this thing that people get so much into, first of all, they think overthink it in my opinion, like why just doing one thing becomes like, Whoa, we did one podcast is already too much. So, but the reality is uh, once you go into this, uh, instead of getting hung up, if you once you build the processes around it, I mean, the fact is we're just like still four people team and we have multiple episodic content right now, mm-hmm. different shows for different personas. and uh, And we are able to do it. And it's just like, we just have to make sure the cadence is such that, that each week we are only doing like two of them, but every alternate week, there are two different ones. So we're doing mm-hmm. four shows, but it's happening in two weeks time. Mm -hmm. all four different shows. So that's how you stack it. And of course, you have to measure it, measure in a way like, uh, uh, you know, in terms of you're still generating some leads, at least if not directly attribution wise, but at least you see increase in traffic, like your organic Mm -hmm. or direct traffic on websites will start trending towards some percentage percentage point up. And that's great. Uh, And by the way, I would also say like this is, if you have, Partner market, marketing as your channels, especially for B2B companies, this works great because this is like the biggest FOMO for them. As soon as they say you partner with someone else, it's like, well, we want to partner with you on the marketing, mm-hmm. let's collaborate. So this works great for attracting partnership collaboration on marketing and that mm-hmm. works great.
0: So do you guys do both when it, when it comes to bringing in a subject matter expert that might have an audience? And then do you guys also have anyone internally that helps create content or is it a hundred percent you're bringing people in?
1: No, it's both. So we do both. We, uh, in the beginning, we leveraged outside influence along with what we were doing in-house. Now we have uh, basically two podcasts that we do our own and distribute through our channels. And uh, we have uh, one show through Influencer and then webinars and the, the video case studies that we built, that's our own. And then another show that we do it on Bright Talk, but on our channel, independent mm-hmm. of ours. So that's, we do it by ourselves, right? So, so it's a mix of that, but uh, the whole idea is to keep it simple in a way, like from media strategy point, the best way to look at it is this. So top of the funnel, we focus on really thought leadership content and that's where we leverage other people's audience because it's easier, right? Because it's like the most common ground with everybody outside. Otherwise, I'm selling my product down the funnel, right? So, so that's the easier. That's where you do the most collaborations because it's uh, it, it's like uh, it's easier to find common common ground. So, talk shows and podcasts. We have one podcast there, which is just like thought leadership. Now that podcast is internal to us, but that talk show, one of the coffee and content, is more like collaboration. Mm-hmm. so that's that's number one the middle of the funnel we bring in partners in our space who are our implementation partners or their complementary technologies to our solution So we bring in them and we do it like monthly panel discussions so that's like our category topics related to our category specifically but discussion deeper into that like how the space works so it's super relevant middle of the funnel bottom of the funnel is more QA style interviews with customers and we turn those videos into then video case studies which is also the next part of it and uh, and of course webinars we do it in-depth sometimes but mostly it's focused around QA style conversations with customers and then turning them into video case studies and that's like the bottom of the funnel where we do it so that's kind of like the whole funnel looks like
0: Mm -hmm. And you know what I see is people will take their bottom of funnel content and they will think that that's going to be what attracts everyone top of funnel or this. So this one that I'm about to say, I'm a little bit guilty of. They'll take the top of funnel content and they won't create enough middle of funnel and bottle of funnel uh, bottom of funnel. And it's more of like a hundred percent relational content that kind of applies to everyone, the thought leadership. And like I said, yeah. I love that stuff. So it's like, it's definitely what we do the majority of. Um, but you're saying we need all three equally oh, yeah. or, is, or is one lead more like
2: heavily? No.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you will always end up doing more top of the funnel content just for the reason that not everyone is ready to buy, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's, a, it's the beginning beginning of the relationship, right? So it's the top of the funnel always. It will start broad, always. So it, and that takes also more uh, more content to get mm-hmm. people to get engaged, right? Your reach is to a larger mass. The uh, the stuff, what happens is once you build that relationship at the top of the funnel, how many of those people you are able to, because you built that relationship on the top. Now you're able to move them down the funnel is mm-hmm. uh, is an effort that we put on our side. So for example, we br- use that talk shows and podcasts. And if at all, we bring in guests there, then we see what are the most relevant guests in our knowledge management space. And then we bring up in, bring them those guests in panel discussions, which is our bottom of the funnel content. Now my, I automatically moved the same uh, same person from top to bottom even the guest and that is that we consciously do it because a because we already got the relationship mm-hmm. going on it's almost easier like it's like customer acquisition versus customer retention thing right so thank your audience also in the same way it's uh, and your guests also that way like you are doing to me <laughs> so uh, so uh, so we do the same we then pick the relevant ones move them uh, there, are, So the answer is yes, the middle and the bottom funnel will be lesser compared to this, mm-hmm. but there is a there is certainly a, a fixed equation you will come to. It will be mm-hmm. like four is to two is to one, and whatever that yeah, equation makes sense. Mm-hmm. might be for you, it mm-hmm. might vary for your business, but that's kind of where you will end up in doing, uh, if I have to put a number, that's how that will look mm-hmm.
0: like. Yeah. So you said it was four to two to one, if you're going like ratio wise, um, four being the top of the funnel, one being the bottom. And I mean, it makes sense because like you mentioned, there's like a huge broad audience, like your your target market, right? Um, Right. Your total addressable market, and you can create content for all of them. And only if a select few are going to make it to the middle of the funnel, and then only a select few are going to a really select few are going to make it to the bottom. So, like, why would you create as much bottom of funnel content as yeah. you would the top of funnel? Because it's just going to get more and more narrow. So that makes total sense.
1: Yeah, and also, I guess the most important thing is whenever we are thinking of funnel, we have to, like, we cannot push people down the funnel, right? If they're not <laughs> ready. Well, right? yeah. Like that's the, the that's the reality, right? the 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 other way to look at it is. If you flip your funnel, the bottom of the funnel, thinking that's the entry point. So Mm -hmm. what is that most useful? That content is most useful is to capture the demand that's existing. People who are on the market, consciously looking for that. So you need that content for that. But those people are only going to be maximum 5% of your entire Mm -hmm. marketplace, right? So that's why also you don't need that much content because that content is enough for that market and it's relevant. So, uh, and then what happens to the 95% others, you just let them sit not focus on them. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. Right. So this is why you need to keep them on the hooks. that when they are ready, they have trust in your brand. And that's the long game. And this is where a lot of people just feels like, I have no idea how to keep that or how to do that. And this is where I stress there's no content strategy works better than media content because Media content itself in is in episodic form. So mm-hmm. what happens is you're always keeping those. Uh, you can build that relationship with those ninety-five percent people who are not on the market at the moment to buy. And I call that term what's its uh, edutainment, right? Education <laughs> plus entertainment, right? So my favorite
0: word that I've ever heard you say. I think that's genius. Ed, it was edutainment, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Entertainment is education plus mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, here, the big thing to notice is B2B SaaS companies, we as a companies, we are good in education part. We are really bad in entertainment part. <laughs> so our, con- our content is boring, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, we're talking about cloud-based software, right? <laughs>
2: so yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it, it's not as fascinating as, you know, the other side of the world. So the trick here is, this is where the second piece, the formats, when we are deciding, how we make it entertaining is the format stuff. Like what format you pick, what kind of guest, what's the tone, how you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, if you start getting the entertainment part right, along with the education, you are onto something really big because then you have, you're building a, an audience who's going to build a brand affinity. They will keep mm-hmm. coming here. Because you're keeping them on hooks and when they're ready they're gonna bite you. Uh I give one example here, big one. Everybody probably seen it, probably you also seen it. So during the Olympics, the channel peacock they yes. got uh-huh. an Olympic show two celebrities, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart doing commentary <laughs> yep. on the live or highlights of those uh-huh. events. Yeah. If if you have if you would have asked anybody in the world they would say like this is such a dumb idea, right? Like this is does not make sense. But how do you make it entertaining? Mm-hmm. Is you bring artists or people who are who have that personality entertaining, right? So education was on the sports event that's going on, or at least in this case, it was the education of the event that's happening, where it stands and. Entertainment was Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart, right? And what what happened to that was their rating went up. They won so many subscribers, like their mm-hmm. Disney was Disney, and everybody was like, like started to see what was happening there at Peacock, yeah. right? And uh, I think this is the big shift that's happening here in B two B world. Uh, HubSpot just acquired Hustle with newsletter a few mm. years, a few months ago. And this was a company which was a newsletter and it was a business newsletter and it had like, I don't know, a million subscriber, great newsletter, nothing to do with HubSpot or inbound marketing. Acquired it because people who read it, the content is all the companies and it's entertaining and educational both. Mm-hmm. So they acquired that. And after that, they realized, whoa, this is great. So now after acquisition, the same guys who ran HubSpot they built a podcast called My First Million Dollars. And again, nothing to do with HubSpot, but HubSpot sponsored this podcast. And after that, they made a decision to create HubSpot uh, Media Network or they're calling it Podcast Hmm. Network. So now everybody can, like they're registering podcasts, outside podcasts within their network and creating a media arm. HubSpot is creating it. ProfitWell already has it. Salesforce just announced that they're launching their TV channel or Mm -hmm. media arm. And on my LinkedIn feed, I'm connected with Sangram from uh, Terminus. I saw they launched last week Terminus TV. So, (laughs) you know, it's happening, already happening. We are in the world of edutainment right now mm-hmm. and and uh, the more people realize it the marketing teams are going to be now will be at the intersection of old school or let's not say old school but saas b2b marketers yeah blend blend of creatives who are coming from not the traditional marketing world but coming from creator economies like tiktoks or celebrities or even hollywood people
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: where we're moving
0: yeah Yeah, edutainment. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. And you see it happening so much in the B2C world. Like you mentioned the Olympics, like the things that start over there eventually make their way to what we're doing in the B2B world. Um, Would you say that like humor is a good way to do this? I know like the Kevin Hart Snoop Dogg thing was pretty funny, but do you see a lot of B2B companies like labeling their entertainment as humor or is there something else you're thinking?
1: I think it's more than the humor. It's authenticity. So... Mm -hmm like for example um like gary lee right he's like going to be cursing all the way but that's his personality mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what we like about him because he's authentic right like mm-hmm. because we know that's like real gary Lee. he can curse and still people like him right yeah. so but at the same time if it would be probably i don't know like uh just don't want to name but let's say if there's some politician who's cursing and nobody will like that like that's not mm-hmm. the way so i think i think uh There is this uh, influence, this influence that celebrities have, or even people, like even people who have some influence on their social networks, if we be our authentic self, and that's the audience we will going to gain through that. And that's how the strategy, this strategy will work. So especially in terms of uh, uh, bringing in the entertainment part, when big companies will get celebrities, they will think in a way that what this person is adding to their thing, not telling that person to like, I need humorous person. No. They will probably think in more way, like, okay, I know this celebrity, his audience is humorous. That's his style. So and his audience makes sense to us or people will get us there. Or that will add this flavor to our product. So okay, let's get him, whatever that is. Authenticity is the key. So I don't think there's one answer to like being serious. Because there could be like, I think we'll go into these themes where uh, where uh, you know like they say it about TikTok channels, right? Like they each channel the niche, they say. And the niche is like this, right? Like some people just with the mic going through screenshots and reading, right? Like comments. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's one theme. The second theme is like somebody on the mic walking, drawing on the board, stock market theme. Yeah. Yeah. Edu- educational. Like that's how they go whiteboarding. The third one is like the marketing people, the website that you did not know. Here it is. And they reveal. Like that. So there's themes. There are themes. If they can do those authentic themes, that's how, and that's fine. And that could be entertaining. There's an audience for each one of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so something that comes to mind is like you could do an event, right? And then bring in a big name that has nothing to do with marketing and just have them be the MC. They don't even have to be funny, but just like between speakers. And it could be even like, so I think it was a metadata did an event. Imagine bringing on like, I don't know, LeBron James or someone famous, right? And all they do is sit there and just like introduce the next person. You know, what kind of like feel and authenticity that would bring to an event? That's just what came to mind for me. But is that kind of like what you're talking about? Just like think outside the box with like your content and how you're entertaining people?
1: Yeah, I think a few years ago, we would want LeBron James and we would want LeBron James to Read like, hey, uh, this software Salesforce built is awesome, and by the <laughs> way, this is cloud-based, which does not make sense. Everybody yeah. knows that LeBron has no idea about what is cloud-based software. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to dispute this, detect maybe he know, right, but he yeah. maybe knows on his field, right? Like that's what I'm trying to say. So everybody we know, like we, as a consumer, we are good in detecting bullshit, right? Like, so mm-hmm. that's where we are, and. Uh, and so why fight that? Just let their true personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest thing for everyone. And it's the most entertaining thing because it's the real person. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what it is. I I, I really believe that we. this is gone. Like also this phase is gone. If anybody is still trying to pay someone to say certain things, which is like. No one them, believes
0: it. <laughs>
1: just waste. Just waste. Of
0: yeah. Time. yeah. Yeah. So something you sent over to me, uh, right before not right before but yesterday before we were recording um you sent over a graphic i'll try to explain it It looks like a big target in the center it has media content and then the second middle ring is brand affinity and then the final outer ring is demand creation so hopefully that paints a picture for people listening to this um can you explain like what the significance
1: of that is yeah sure so again it all goes back to like are we able to generate enough demand, right? Like that's the key question business are looking at, right? And through that, this graphic where I have media content at the heart of the ring, what I'm saying is if we as a SaaS or B2B business, that's how they have to look their whole marketing strategy if media approach is what they are going to pursue. So they have to think through what content they are going to build, media content, and they have to do it thinking, you know, what top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, but that is your media content. So, the and that creates brand affinity and why that creates brand affinity. So here's an example. So if I was a B2B SaaS company and I'm not doing any media content, then I'm sending newsletter once a week, right? I can only send once a week maximum, here are my updates or blog posts, great content for you through email, right? That's what we do it typically. So the problem with that is there is no way that I can send a second email in the same week. People will hate me and on And subscribe. It, right, like it's, it's, it does not look good, right? But the biggest leverage you will have with the media content, if I have three shows and there is a week when there are two episodes come for two shows together, and people I know, both of they are subscribed to both shows, then it is my right to notify them new episode, yeah. new episode just went down. So mm-hmm. it gives me permission to reach out to them twice in a week, right? So that's the beauty of episodic content because it creates that brand affinity and allows the brands to reach out to people because... Everybody is already. We already watch multiple shows, but we don't watch multiple newsletters from the same companies. That mm-hmm. does not exist, right? So what that happens is, those shows keep me on hook. That is creating if I like if you if I like the theme, if I like the topic, it's giving me value. I'm, I'm going to keep going back to it, right? Like every mm-hmm. week, and that's creating the affinity for me for the brand. Like I'm watching as a consumer again and again, but as a brand, I'm also winning because it gives me. To touch them more than once, I will land in their inbox without getting unsubscribed, because I'm building this content right, like through yeah. episode. Because it's almost like, hey, we got the new episode on. Check it out. Like this is the second thing, and the next show is like the talk show. So the the there is a fact behind it, by the way. There is a stat behind it. The companies who do media strategy well, and uh, the they say. Uh, The best benchmark is in the world right now is Bloomberg. So Bloomberg creates so much value with their content that they're able to land in per week in their consumer's uh, mailbox uh, more than five times. It's like 5.2, I think their number. Uh, The newsletter, the skim, who was that newsletter went really big. And that that newsletter was doing 4.4 times on an average touch points. So yeah, like, any company who can achieve like three at this moment is like great. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, for example, are trying to get to that number three, like yeah. without being that, right? Like internally. So, but that, if you do it, that means you have a strong brand affinity people are not unsubscribing and you're truly mm-hmm. creating valuable content. So what happens is once you have that brand affinity, people will come back to you month over month. And then, uh the third thing will happen is you have eventually uh, tapped into the 95% who are not ready to buy, mm-hmm. but they are now your part of demand creation pool, meaning that's where from your, the demo, demand will come in your coming months, in coming days or months, because you are now that 95% who was like, what to do with them question has changed. Now, like how to give them value and keep them hooked is that's the question and you build that. So now you're, it's very clear, media content leads to brand affinity because it's episodic content Mm -hmm. and brand affinity drives demand creation. And then demand creation on the top, still the outer creation is like your normal dimension and people will convert to how they will do it, right? So that's why those three circles is like the, starts with good media content, builds brand affinity, and that generates or creates first demand creation. So we have moved away from generation, we have moved into demand creation era.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you don't do that, then you're stuck trying to capture, I know this is a very nuanced number, but let's just say the 5% of the market that is in market yeah. to buy. And that's and all, you better is, hope that it's a huge market.
1: <laughs> and everybody's fighting.
2: Competition
1: yeah, competition in 5%. Everybody's strong area because that's everyone, it's like going for them, search ads, Facebook ads, mm-hmm. that's 5%. <laughs> that's the way to look
2: at it
0: absolutely man um, so let's shift gears here I want to wrap things up by giving you the opportunity to be the podcast host here I know we did this on the first time that you're on the show so you're kind of expecting it um,
1: yeah. but let's take a few minutes
0: here if you have any questions you want to shoot my way to, to wrap this up I'd be happy to to uh, brainstorm anything with you
1: yes so again I know that you've been doing this podcast for very long and you've been very consistent with it so this is a prime example of what is like the episodic content looks like, right? Mm-hmm. The, your your podcast. So I guess what I'm doing is I'm trying to validate what we discussed here right now with you in live. So the validation is, how did you see your brand growth? Or let's say, how did you see growth in terms of your audience? One. Second is... Uh, uh, what are the distribution you use, distribution channels, and how, how have been your results so far? Would you say like, this is something working or this is like, nope, not working for me. Where do you stand?
0: Yeah, so let's let's tackle the audience. Um, 100% have seen growth for sure. Now with a podcast in particular, it is extremely hard to get an audience, like audience traction. And we have been through that for sure. Um, now we are just now getting to the point where even if we don't post or distribute like hey we put out a podcast here it's like a clip of it we're still seeing like consistent downloads through we have anchor right and that's because right. people are talking about it right people are coming back and listening to the show which is a huge um plateau to get to or like a stage yeah. to get to as a podcast so that's that's awesome number 2 um i would say that we have like a separate audience on linkedin where we're distributing the podcast content. And that has been growing exponentially, um, which is awesome. A lot of people engage with it. A lot of people are consuming the content and a lot of people are enjoying it. And they're saying that it's like really helpful for them as marketers. So like that, even though it's the same content in short form, I would say that it's a separate audience and eventually it's going to drive more growth to the podcast. Um, eventually like the whole goal is eventually like not needing to post like, Hey, we put, we dropped a podcast episode because you have like the organic growth on the podcast itself because of the word of mouth and the people that are coming back. So as for like the audience growth, definitely slow, but we're getting to the point where it's like, it's picking up steam. And if you're listening to this, like the snowball will happen if you're consistent and if the content delivers value every single time. Brilliant. Um, you said the second one was, um, distribution channels, right? Yep. yeah. So we, we do two, um, we chop up our, our podcast episode. Actually we do three. So we chop up our podcast episode and we put it on LinkedIn. So there's one. Um, okay. and then we, we send out an email list once a week, even though we have more than one episode. We're sticking to the one email for now, but maybe uh, what you were saying there has some some uh, validity. Maybe we'll have to try more than one. Um, so we have the email list, and then the second, uh, the third one that we just started, and like if you were to go visit it, it has like a f- only a few pieces of content. It would be a YouTube channel, almost mm-hmm. as like a library of right. video content. Um, Cause it's tough to go through LinkedIn and find the stuff, but it will have the long form on YouTube, but that's like back burner. So uh, we're, we know what works. So we really hunker down on that. Um, and eventually, you know, we'll, we'll continue to stack growth on some other things, but those are the three areas that we're, we're focusing on right now.
1: Okay, cool. And, and uh, what would you say? It's working, not working, bringing in business. How's the demand side working?
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of quantitative feedback and a lot of qualitative feedback. So the quantitative feedback is, oh, we got a lead. Yes. They were saying they listened to the podcast. Like you can quantify that. On top of that, I'm rubbing shoulders with awesome people like you, right? And it's building my network and people are seeing that, right? We have Chris Walker on the show. We've had Kyle Lacey a couple of weeks ago on the show. Like that adds a lot of credibility that you can't measure, right? That we are... In conversation with these people every single week. Um, so, that unfortunately we can't measure, but I know it has impact because people are saying they're listening to those episodes, they're engaging with the short form content, and it's really building the brand and the credibility for us so that when people are in market, they're going to remember us. For example, there was, um, right. I was talking to a CMO last week uh, of uh, a SaaS company and she said she was on the pod she wasn't on the podcast but she came on to a sales call and she said um oh this is nothing new to me I've been listening to your podcast so I know it it feels like I know you right and that was like (laughs) really cool to me to hear that and it's confirmation that like voice even if it's not necessarily video can be something that builds your brand too and builds credibility and that affinity that you're looking for. So is it working? Yeah. Can't measure all of it, but like you can feel it a hundred percent.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 say the same point, I think great answer for Spock, but, uh, I think the great thing that you mentioned here is, and I'll give you my example here. So remember one time someone asked me on one of the groups about, Hey, do you need the website? I need, I'm looking for a guy for business. The first person I could think of, and I know a lot of people who build websites, but I first person I could think of, your name was there, right? So yeah, and and uh, that's the word of mouth that it drives, yeah. And that's the thing we are trying to say. The decisions are not getting made just looking at the ads anymore, right? They're based on recommendations, and recommendations are based on. Uh, how much you are in people's head and in in a good way, in a good way, right? Like in a good way, like as in your authentic way, right? And that's the way it, and that uh, media content helps you. That's the most profound effect it creates in anyone's brain. It creates because it's visual. You can see the person in real. You almost feel like you know the person, like that person said. So, Mm -hmm. and that's the key, right? Like that's the difference between the 2000s, five inbound marketing by HubSpot versus what's today. That's why HubSpot is moving to yeah. media marketing, right? So that's the whole difference. And, and this is why you hit the nail on its head that it, it's, 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 you're not going to be measuring all that. You can't measure it. It's, there's no way. But mm-hmm. what you will measure is uh, things coming to you from these new channels, word of mouth, direct, or people connecting to you. And that's when you see it because you will only see increase in your, uh, you know what you say pipeline number leads number whatever you want to call it and then eventually the venue number. So yeah. yep. Great. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. One thing I want to add is who are who are you more likely to trust? The company that is in your ears every Saturday morning when you're out for a jog, walking the dog, walking the kids, whatever it may be, right? not that you walk your kids, but out for a walk with your kids. (laughs) So you have that, uh, the same company is in your LinkedIn feed every single day. And then you get an email from them once a week on, on Wednesday mornings. Like, are you more likely to trust that company or the company that you see a display ad for when you're playing words with friends?
1: Oh, hundred percent. The company that I see every day in my feed, right? Like, I mean, also realize the fact this, this is the fact, right. Uh, any ad that I see on my LinkedIn, and again, maybe it's just me, but if this is so annoying, the ad is annoying. If the brand is annoying, I'm going to see and report it. Reported. I don't want to see yeah. it. Yeah. So we've already given that power to people. I mean, I'm doing it religiously. I remove stuff, and I only keep the stuff that I feel like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. I don't have to remove it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I think that's already uh, some some sort of a validation that's happening there. Like I am at least getting good on things that I don't want and getting mm-hmm. rid of them straight away and keeping those is like, okay, I might want to see what else. So they already got something going on the first way, right? So, and I think that's important because it won't be relevant. I would be already crossing them off, right? And that's the URL. So this is exactly what you're saying. So of course I will see people who are on my feed but mm-hmm. they can only stay on my feed If they're still doing relevant stuff, it's just not like everyone, right? Yeah, and that's the key point. Like you have to be still relevant Mm -hmm. where you are, and that's what uh, is the key. But yeah, the point is not the display ad. Somebody who might (laughs)
0: yeah. And you bring up a good point, though. It's like you have to deliver value, and people are like, "Well, you know, you're going to get better if you're just consistent." Yes, there are that's very true. You're going to get better at copywriting. uh, Going to understand what your ideal buyers want in content, but like consistency isn't always going to get you there your content has to deliver period like because you want them to keep coming back so it doesn't if it's crappy content that you're consistently putting out there it's going to do way more harm than good
1: (laughs) yeah i mean have you seen that examples on linkedin right like people copying other people's content even though the other person had like so many likes yeah yeah copies but, but you already know like people are you know like This is not even you. That's the stuff. People people just block them, right? So that's how
0: it works. Well, this has been awesome, uh, Vivek. I appreciate you coming back for episode 2.0 here on B2B Made Simple. Um, For those who didn't listen to the first episode, would you share with us what you guys do at uh, Hereto just so everyone's on the same page?
1: Yes. uh, So Hereto is a content ops platform for knowledge management. The best way to think about us is Uh, Companies, the enterprise content is in five basket. One is the sales and marketing content. We call it Marcom content. And the other basket is the knowledge content, which is used within the company to onboard people, train them, policy procedures, uh, how the company works, uh, their onboarding, their training. So that's one. The second we call the learning content, which is for learning on the product. When you are learning as an employee or as a partner, so that's the content the third is the we call it uh, the reference or the support content which is like on your website if i'm apple i have x number of iphone models and i have audience in around the world if it's a french person comes to apple's website looking for iphone 13 pro they want to see it in french the content on the device they want so we make it possible for you to publish into multiple devices, multiple languages, and it always is up to date for any languages. It's like a push button. So that's what we do. We are uh, uh, content ops for knowledge management platform, not the sales and marketing content, but everything else.
0: Very cool. Well, Vivek, thanks again, man. This has been awesome. Um, We will definitely have to do 3.0 here in the (laughs) future, okay?
1: Yes, that would be what what we will call it as a world tour.
0: <laughs> the world tour. There you go. <laughs> awesome,
1: exactly. man.
0: Well, thank you so much.
1: I enjoyed it. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me.